You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. You may be seated. Open your Bible at the first book of Samuel. First book of Samuel. Now it happened. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. And so David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because of the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his son and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Family of God, we are living in a world that is highly stressed. Things are being thrown at us that we never thought were possible. Who would have thought three years ago, someone told you that, Something will happen and every single person would have to stay in the house in every single country. You think, what could cause that to happen? How is that even possible? And yet it happened. The enemy used fear to try and silence us, to put us down, to shut us up. But we are a church of a people that serve a living God and we will not be silenced. I said we will not be silenced. We refuse to give in to fear. We refuse to buckle to when the enemy shows his face. Not only has he used the, the calamity of pandemic and, the, and so many people have lost their lives and so there's been heartache and, and, and agony and all kinds of grieving. He's also attacked in terms of finances, businesses, people's income. So much has been destroyed. But God gave us a word as we entered this year that we can expect great recovery. Everybody say great recovery. And as we're entering into come celebrate, I want to take time just to plow the ground. I'm not going to go into my message. Obviously, we're going to do that in the week. But I want to prepare us to understand where we are positioned because the enemy wants to point out to you that you're starting at the back of the queue. You're starting under the pile. You're starting out broken. You're starting out with everything's lost. And yeah, they lost their entire existence, if you want to put it that way. Their family, gone. Their houses, gone. Their goods, plundered. All they got with them is what was on their back. Everything wiped out. Everything, everything you can imagine, wiped out. Just think for a moment what it would be like if you, the last person in your family, left. That's what they had. 
And as a result of that, they broke down. And it's very easy in moments like that is to turn and point to the person closest to you. It's your fault. We're here because you took us out. If we were here, we could have looked after the family. We could have protected this place. But you took us away, and now they want to kill David. And they want to stone him. And then through the years, I've been speaking the word of God, and you know how I teach. I've always taught this from the day one. It's always going to be from a heart of love. God loves you. He wants what's best for you. This is the word. This is what he's promising. And if you do this, you will see it. Not once have I ever used condemnation, criticism. Not once have I ever criticized someone, accused them of something. Not ever have I tried to use fear. Uh, you know, some people can't preach spitting from a pulpit. And by the time you walk out, you, you think you're going to hell. You know, you, you, need to, you need to give your life to Jesus every week. That I've always spoken from a heart of faith. Everything I've ever said, I can point back to the Word of God. And yet people have got upset. People want to stone. People want to criticize. People want to... Why is that? I understand why. Because when things go wrong, we want to say, but you said. But you told me. But you... And so it's easy for someone to stand up and say, but you know, it's not my fault. David could have done that, but he didn't do that. He knew he serves a God of covenant. He knows his God. And no matter what people are thinking and what people are saying, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And someone here tonight needs to hear that, is that your strength is not from your spouse. Your strength is not from your boss. Your strength is not determined by what job you do and how important you are and what car you drive and the title on your door. None of that is relevant to who you are. I don't care what somebody said to you, how they criticized you, what name they called you. All of that is irrelevant because your strength is not in man. Things or circumstances or situations, they are in only one. And that's your identity in Christ Jesus. Who does he see you are? Who does he call you? And that's all you need to know. I don't care if the whole world turns against you. You step into the presence of God and say, but God, I know you love me. I know you love me. And he strengthens himself in the Lord. And he knows his God. So he knows there's a solution. Family, I don't know where you are right now. Your circumstance, your situation. I don't know how many lawyers you're facing. I don't know whether they're going to take your house from you. I don't know if something's been in your body. The doctor said something. I don't know what you're facing in your marriage, your children. I do know this. That the enemy wants to do something to try and steal the word from you. I'm here tonight to tell you, God has promised you great recovery. God's not leaving you. He sees your situation. You don't even have to sit down and explain it to me. God sees it. Somehow we feel if we tell the pastor everything, that'll fix it. I can't fix you. I learned that a long time ago. I cannot fix people. But I know one who has. He's already fixed you. He's already sit solved your problem he's already in your tomorrow and he's right there he's right there in your tomorrow waiting for you to arrive and the solution is on the table that's your moment you need to know that and so you can face your future without fear
And so David strengthens himself and says, I know my God. So I'm not going to look to anyone yet for advice. They want to kill me anyway. So what kind of advice will they give me? Do you think we should go? They just want to stone me. So I'm going to go to the one who knows. The one who sees my future. And you born again. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will not only be with you. He will be in you. And he will tell you things to come. And so verse 8. David inquired of the Lord saying. Shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him. Pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Without fail recover how much? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Sometimes we, when we're in a difficult situation, say at least if I get my money back. At least if you give me my wife and children back. No, God says, I want you to get everything back. When the children of Israel got trapped in Egypt by evil pharaohs for 300 years, they worked without wages. When God was ready to deliver them, when they had cried out and he said I will send a deliverer and he will deliver you when he brought them out of Egypt he took the whole wealth of Egypt and said there is 300 years of back pay uh, you give it to these ones that I'm taking out right now delivered them and recovered all many of us come from a history of abuse a history of our ancestors Having things stolen and taken away that rightfully belong to you. Family of God, I'm telling you now, God is not mocked. He will not be allowed. He will not let the enemy, any evil systems of man that try to put anybody down or oppress anybody based on the melanin in their skin, based on their upbringing, based on the ancestors, all of that is irrelevant. God says, you call on me, you call on my name, and the day has come when I declare I will get it all back and deliver you and recover all and God has said this is the year we can expect great recovery you've got family who have prayed prayers and sown their seed and declared the word of God and walked faithfully God is not mocked I said God is not mocked he will always have the last word Praise God. Verse 9, David went. Why? Because God said, you've recovered all. All fear is removed. And he and 600 men who were with him, and they came to Brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary they could not cross the Brook Besor. You get the picture. He's got 600 men with him. God says, pursue and you'll recover all. You realize you go, they have to go on what they call a forced march. 
A forced march means mount up. We got to run like crazy because that enemy is on the move and we got to catch them. How many days ahead they are, we don't know. So we don't have anything to go by except go as fast as possible. And so they're running. They got full gear, their full military gear, and they are on the move with provisions, supplies, and all of that. And by the time they get to this river, there are 200 men. Just they cannot go on. They are tired. They're done. And David says, that's fine. Then you guys drop camp right here. And what we'll do with the rest of the 400, you just take your fighting gear. Leave everything else behind. These 200 men will look after the supplies. We'll go in full military movement, and we're going to go and catch these other men. And so those 200 stay back, and the 400 go on, and they find this young guy who had been part of the camp, and uh, he was too sick to carry on, so they left him behind. And so David says, where are the Amalekites? And he says, they, if, if, if I tell you, you don't kill me. And so David says, that's fine. You talk to us, you're in covenant with us. And so he reveals where the Amalekites are. And so they are able to find these Amalekites quicker. And then you get down to verse 16. When he had brought him down, there, there they were spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Something about the devil. He just does not understand. He's defeated. You know, people say, you know, I won't go there. I want to stay in a place of faith with where God's taking us. But family, let me tell you, if anybody that was defeated in hell, seeing Jesus come out and conquer death itself, you would think the devil would be clever enough to say, well, that's it. But no, he wants to rely on our fear, our ignorance. And every time he does anything and conquers us, he is too stupid to realize he's already defeated. And then lands up celebrating, thinking he's got you. And in that stupor, in being in a place of celebration, just the same way when King Jehoshaphat went down on those three enemies in the valley, and they were rejoicing, saying the Lord is good, His mercy endures forever. By the time they got to the battlefield, those three armies had turned on themselves and killed each other. Like they're getting ready to fight Judah, and I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I'd just like to imagine myself into that and think what, what could have happened. Why? How can three armies begin killing themselves? I don't know. They were all standing there. We're going to take on Judah together. Right. They're on their way. Next moment, they hear praise and worship, music. And, and that praise and worship and music, it, it's, it's, it silences the enemy. Uh, all of a sudden, Satan, is, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to go. There's praise happening. I've got to get out of this. I, the enemy cannot handle the anointing. That's why people, they'll sit in church and they're okay. As long as you're doing religious stuff, they're fine. But you start getting into the anointing, getting into the presence of God. Now they get uncomfortable. Now what do they do? What are they gonna, all these people. You see, the devil doesn't like the anointing. 
And I just imagine them kind of getting frustrated. What's this music? What's this presence? What's, what's, what is this? And then the guy bumps in. Why are you bumping me? I didn't bump you. You bumped me. I'm bumping and he stabbed him. And he said, why did you stab him? He's my friend. And he stabbed him. Before you know, they're stabbing each other. And everybody's stabbing and cutting and stabbing. And now they're killing. And now they're cutting. And they, they, And next moment, there's like two people left. Okay, now I'm going to kill you. And he kills him. And they, Because the Bible says they got there. They're all dead. That's before... Judah even got to the battlefield. Family God, if you understand that, if you can recognize that Satan is confused when you are being hit by him and hurt by him and you lift your hands and begin to praise God, he does not know how to handle that. He freaks him out. It's like, and then you watch all those that were stood up against you. Suddenly they start folding. Before you look at it again, you didn't do anything and your path is clear. Learn to praise God in the midst of your situation. Just praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. The enemy has no comeback on that whatsoever. And so, yeah, we see they're all drunk and they're celebrating. They think they've got this thing. And so, verse 17, David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. That's like almost 24 hours of battle. Not a man of them escaped, except 400 young men. They rode on camels and fled. And so David recovered all. Say that. David recovered all. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking. Everybody say, nothing missing, nothing broken. Either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them, David recovered all. Family God, this is your year to recover all. Say that. This is my year, is my year. to recover all. And David took all the flocks and the herds they had driven before those other livestock, and he said, this is David's spoil. Now, I want you to make note of that statement because you understand this came from their entire village. But not only that, we were told here that it's not just their stuff. It was everything on every camp, every town, every village. They had plundered the Philistines and they had plundered Judah. And David says, I'll just take it all, thank you. He plundered all. And he said, this is David's spoil. Now, listen to the wording because if you stop there, it's like, excuse me, we all fought in the battle. But he understands covenant speak. You'll see it in a moment. Remember this morning, we'll go there in a moment, where Paul said, you are all partakers of my grace. A religious person will say, but grace is available for anybody. No. Just hang on a moment. You need to understand covenant talk. Everybody say covenant talk. So David says, this is his spoil. This is David's spoil. What's he doing? He's saying, now it's part of our family. 
It's not part of our camp. In verse 21, David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they had also made to stay at the brook Besor. And so they went out to meet David and meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. And all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, Wicked and worthless. Hang on. They just conquered the Amalekites. What's happening here? All of a sudden, they, I mean, they fought with David for almost 24 hours. I mean, they stayed on and they went through the battle. And now all of a sudden, the Bible's calling them wicked and worthless. That's a huge turn of events. Why? Because they answered and said, because these 200 did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered. Now, hang on. Didn't David say it's his spoil? They're already taking ownership. We're not going to give any of the spoil except for every man's wife and children that they may lead them away and depart. They're not even part of our city anymore. They, they, they can go live somewhere else, take their women and children. We keep the stuff. See, family God, when we start thinking of stuff above people, you enter into a wicked and worthless place. Never ever think of stuff above people. Too many people use people to get stuff. No, we use stuff to love people worth. Okay, you don't have to say amen. It's the truth anyway. I said we don't use people to get things. We use things to love people worth. Say amen. amen. But David said, My brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us. You think you are so big and so successful because you got everything back? You need to understand the only reason we got everything we got was because of the Lord. Whatever I have in my life, whatever you have in your life, the Lord has provided and got it to you. I don't get to decide what I do with it. It belongs to the Lord in the first place. And it's up to Him where He wants to distribute it. And so we don't get to decide what to do with what the Lord has given us. He's preserved us. He delivered into our hands the troop that came against us. For who will heed you in this matter? Now listen to this. As his part is, who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. And so it was from that day forward, he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. What was the statute? What's the ordinance? That whoever's part of this, no matter what part they took, you got to understand the reason you could move so quickly and fight an enemy for 24 hours is because you weren't carrying all your gear. And the only reason you couldn't carry your gear is because somebody was looking after it for you. They were responsible for your stuff so that you could fight a battle. And so as much as they didn't swing the sword... They get the same reward because the victory was as much a part of what they did. Family of God, you may never stand on this pulpit and preach the word of God. You may never sing in the team. 
You may not be on the usher team. You may not. But if somebody just simply says, you know what? All I want to do is make sure that our restroom is clean and all they do is carry out dustbins. They are as much part of the success of this ministry that if someone gives their life to Jesus, the reason that person stayed is because the building was clean and they didn't feel they needed to stay away from the building. They stayed because they heard good sound. They stayed because the chair was comfortable. They stayed. All of that is important. We say, but it's the gospel that got them saved. If you pull up and the person goes, I don't want to go in that building, then they'll never hear the word. But the whole success of the ministry puts out a word that you can come to this place. Anyone who's broken, anybody's weary, anybody's sick, anybody needs deliverance, anyone who needs Jesus, you come to this house and you will find a house full of loving people welcoming you in. No one turning you away. No body language at the door. No body language in our ashes. All saying you are welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in. Sit down. You need to get the word and when and that person gets saved. Every part person who is a part of that gets the same reward. The same reward. Shout out same reward. Don't let the enemy ever intimidate you. It's different. I'm not talking about someone who's just lazy sitting in a chair, doesn't do any part, just comes here because God dare you to bless me. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. But whatever you're doing, somebody says, but I don't have much to give. All I can do is just, you know, straighten chairs. You're doing your part. You are making this happen. Amen. Why? Because you're a part. And David said to this day. Not to back then day. To this day. That means this day is still in action. This is a kingdom principle. Now, how could he say that? And how come it's written in you? Because the word says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. This is God's heart. Didn't the word say that he's a man after God's own heart? This is God's heart. David knew God's heart. And so this is how the kingdom of God works. God sees what you do. And maybe no one ever sees it. No one ever notices it. But you're doing it for the kingdom. And your heart is for the kingdom. Now I want you to know there is great reward in that. There is great reward in that. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We were looking at this this morning. If you weren't here, make sure you get that message. Now... Many of you have been in this church for a while, so but for those that are new, we're going to do something here. Everybody look up. Don't look at your Bible. We all know the scripture. So we're going to quote it out nice and loud. Which verse? Oh, of course, yes. That's the one that's highlighted. It's yellow. It's got stars. It's got arrows pointing at it. It's pasted on your fridge. And it's the first verse most Christians learn. What does it say? Ready? Go. See, there we go. Uh, doesn't matter where I go in the world, I will hear it. I asked you to quote the verse. Quote the verse. Let's go. 
See, I still heard it. It's, it's amazing. Now, don't be embarrassed because I was caught on it my first time as well. I asked us to quote the verse. I know what we quote because it's, you know, it's about me. I got needs. How many of you got needs? So, yeah, I, I need my needs supplied. I do. When I first got saved, I needed healing. I needed deliverance. I needed, come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, put it up on the screen. Let's read it rather. Ready? Read. Ah, that sounded better. My God shall supply all. Read what it says on the screen. It's there. It's there. I mean, you can. I'll under, can we underline it on there? I don't know. Ready? Read. There you go. My God shall supply all. You see, but what about me? Because that's how we quote it. My God supplies all my need. Come on, how do you do that? But it doesn't say that. You've got to quote right. That's how Eve got into trouble. The devil came and said, hasn't God, you know, what is, has God kept anything from you? She said, yes, if you, if you eat from this tree or touch it, you, won't, you know, will not live. But God didn't say that. Go read it. He said, don't eat of the tree. But sometimes we want to make a point. God said, don't eat or touch the tree. No, no, you now misquoted the word, and now you're out on your own. That's where she got deceived. Deception could enter because of a misquote of God's word. Moses, God said, speak to the rock. And then people were moaning, complaining, said, well, just take your water. Bang, and hit the rock there, and the water came out. God still met their need. But he got Moses, says, come here. Did I not say, speak? Now the people think I'm angry with them. Because when they see you, they're hearing me. And you represented anger. I'm not angry with them. But you let them think I am. So as a result, you're not going in to the promised land. Make sure we accurately represent God. Quote scripture accurately. My God shall supply all. Okay, that's point one. Point two. Who is it written to? Because we all want it. But go look at verse one. Paul. And Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. It's not even written to you. It's written to the saints in Philippi. <laughs> I can tell people are nervous. Yeah, yeah but all scripture is given for... No, hang on, hang in there. This letter is written to the church in Philippi. Come on. Yeah, you know, some of you heard me say this before, but for those that haven't, let's say someone wrote me a letter and said, Dear Pastor Alan and Janine, we appreciate you so much and what you've done for your birthday. 
we want to send you on an all-expenses trip to Disney World with your family. That's a nice letter to get. I mean, you wouldn't mind that. Okay, so I read the letter. Praise God. That's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. And I throw it down on the table there. And while I'm up here, Pastor Delaney looks up and says, what's in the letter? He says, dear Pastor Alan Janine. Okay, that's not. And thank you for everything you've done. Okay. Uh, we're sending you on all expenses paid to Disney World. Hallelujah. He bumps on, Pastor Olga and says, look at that. We're going to Disney World. No, the letter was written to Pastor Alan. So what happened? Here's a letter we want to claim as our own. This wasn't written even to the Corinthians. Because when you go and have a look at verse, come down to verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 14. Nevertheless, you've done well that you shared in my distress. You Philippians know. That in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Something's qualifying them for this letter. Even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. So Paul is writing here, and you go back to chapter 1. Look at verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine. I make requests for you all with joy for your fellowship. The word used there is partnership. Look at it from the Amplified. He says, I pray to God for your sympathetic cooperation and contributions and partnership in the gospel and advancing the good news. Say this, the Philippians were in partnership with Paul. So in partnership, remember the, con the, the, the covenant promise that David established. The fact is that you are a part of what I'm doing. And because you're a part, you get to share alike. And Paul is saying, because you partnered with me, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent finances. You didn't preach. You didn't lead anybody to Jesus. You didn't study to prepare the message, but you made sure that I was provided for so that I could do it without the financial stress. And because of that, you're a partner with me. Now he's writing this letter to them to bring this to their attention. And because you're a partner, verse 6, I'm confident of this very thing. That he's begun the word, good work in you, completed until the day of Jesus Christ. It's right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, and as much as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. Look at it from the King James Version. You are all partakers with me of my grace. My grace. Remember, David said, this is David's spoil. It's my spoil, but because you were part of the battle, we all share alike. God allowed David to win because David was the covenant man. If David wasn't there, they, none of them would have won because they were wicked and worthless and some were too tired. 
They would have lost their family, gone forever, slaves to the Amalekites. But because David went before God, God said that's David's spoil. But the men that were with him, even though they were wicked and worthless or too tired, the fact that they were part of it, David said, everybody shares alike. Paul was preaching the gospel and he had a grace to do it. The reason people get saved is by grace. By grace you save by faith. So when someone preaches the word, grace flows, they get saved. When everything, any healing takes place, it's by grace. When someone's delivered, it's by grace. When you see the anointing flow, it's by grace. Now that grace is available. Whoever is a part of that ministry. And that's when Paul gets down here in chapter 4, based on what I've just described, reading from the Passion Translation, verse 10, my heart overflows with joy when I think of how you showed your love to me by your financial support of my ministry. Even though you have so little, you continue to help me at every opportunity. Now I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. I know what it means to lack and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in the fullness or in hunger. And I find the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. What's he saying? In Christ, I can do all things. See, that's where David strengthened himself in the Lord. So he says, I'm not speaking out of need or lack. He says, I know what it's like to be super abundant. People have this idea of poor was always poor. No, he says, I walked in abundance. I've been poor and I've been rich. That's not the issue here. No matter what the circumstance, all I need to know is Christ. But he says in verse 14, you've so graciously provided for my essential needs during the season of difficulty. And I want you to know that the Philippian church was the only church that supported me in the beginning. As I went out to preach the gospel, you're the only church that sowed into me financially. And when I was in Thessalonica, you supported me for well over a year. Now mention this, not because I'm requesting a gift. It's so that the fruit of your generosity may bring you an abundant reward. I now have all I need, more than enough. I'm abundantly satisfied for I've received the gift you sent by Epaphroditus and that I viewed as a sweet sacrifice, perfumed with the fragrance of your faithfulness, which is so pleasing to God. Verse 19 in the New King James. Now my God shall supply all your need. If you want to get on the other side, as long as you say, my God supplies all your need, it's always out from you. But if you want to be on the your side where you get to receive, my God, you need a man of God in your life saying, my God, the one that conquers on my behalf, the one that works in my behalf, the one that works grace in our life. The reason this ministry exists, everything you see, it's by God's grace. It is my grace. It's what God gave me. He's giving it to me because I'm the one he called. But it's not for Alan Bag. It's for whosoever will connect. Then I can say, my God shall supply all your. Now you're on the right side of receiving. 
So Paul could say to the church in Philippi, because they had financed his ministry, they had become partners with him. And he could say, my God supplies all your need. So the same way, I can take the exact same letter because it's Holy Spirit inspired. And I can take this letter, the exact same letter. And as long as you have partnered with this ministry, how many of you have partnered with this ministry? Now, as I said, I'm not doing this to get you to partner. That's what Paul said. I'm not doing this to get the gift. You need to know where you're sitting. This faith comes by hearing. You getting this? I've said it before. I don't care if, if no one partners with me ever again. We will still do what we're doing. Janine and I have proved that many times. But I do know this. God always provides the need. But those that have chosen to partner, you need to know this. So I can literally take this letter in, Philippi, in, in, in Philippians. It's just same, that, same, that same letter written to me in... Uh, Going to Disney World, you can take that letter, take the letter of Philippians, import it into Word. How many of you partnered with me? Then I can, by Holy Spirit inspiration, it's His prayer, it's His Word. If you have provided for this ministry, then I as Alan Bagg have every right to say to the church in Somerset West, to the church in Durbanville, to the church in Western Cape, to the church, whoever's ministry, to the church, whoever's the the partners with Allen Bag Ministries. Now I can put your name in there. So now the letter is yours. Because you've partnered. And now I have every legal right, just like Paul, to say you are all partakers with me of my grace. Whatever God's chosen to put on me for the ministry... You're, you're, you're it. You're part of it. Amen. If I ask God right now to, to pour out water in this building because I need it for any reason, He doesn't just rain a tube on me. He rains on everybody that's sitting here. The rain will wet everyone. So that grace, every time the anointing flows, because you're part of this, you're sitting in this building, the same anointing flows. You are partakers of that grace. And now I can. I'm legally able to say, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Why? You are pre-qualified. You are qualified to be partakers because of this principle. Hallelujah. So, of course, once that happens... The same way, if you're reading the letter, I want to send you to Disney World, I can now say, well, now I'm going to Disney World. So if I say, my God shall supply all your need, because you're a partner, you can now say, my God has supplied all my need. Now you can say, my. You got it? Amen. So say it out loud. My God supplies my need. See, now you're not misquoting the Bible because you're on the right side of setting yourself up as a legal partner in the kingdom of God. Is that good news? And as a result of that, you recover all. 
shout it out loud. I have recovered all. See, that's the battle that I fight for you. That's the warfare of faith that I fight. You want to know how I fight for you? It's in my prayer closet. Because I'm calling that on you every day. And so now, the only obligation on you is to believe it and say, that's mine. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not resting till I see it completed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ready for this week? I tell you, family, there are, there are things going to happen this week that's going to go exceedingly abundantly above what you could ever imagine. Stand to your feet. Give Jesus praise tonight. Come on, let's give Him glory for His Word. Just look at and say, Father, thank you for your Word. I am part of your ministry, the grace that is on this church, on this ministry, is available to me. And as I have partnered with Pastor Alan and Janine, I know as they pray every day, my God shall supply all your need. They spoke that over my life. So I receive it. And if they said it, I receive it. God does supply all my need, according to His riches in glory, by Christ Jesus. You believe that? Yeah. And shout amen and receive it. Yeah. Hallelujah.